You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hey friends, we're back this week and we're resuming our conversation with Justin Seibert on apologetics and we're going to pick right back up. So thanks for tuning in and here we go. So now this is just for fun, all right, just because I want to talk to you about this. On a Facebook status of all places, it was my father's Facebook status. We were talking about the different methods of apologetics, right? So I'm getting on there saying, you know, you were asking about a sermon series, actually, um, that's on apologetics. And you're like, what method is it? And I got on there and was like, it's presuppositional. And my dad was like, oh, I'm going to disagree with my son. It's not presuppositional. And I'm like, well, it's snaky presuppositional, you know? And like, was it the classical method? You know, the artist right. role. So just for fun, since we've got that out there in the world sure. now, you know, and if you want to go back and look at my dad's status update, that would have been, I can't remember what day it was. You go back far enough, you'll find it. Yeah. The one with lots of comments. Tons. Um, I think there may have even been a little debate in there somewhere with the... Uh... With an atheist. <laughs> Crazy. Fun stuff. So just, you know, talk to us a little bit about that as someone who's sure. thinking through the differences between presuppositional and classical right. apologetics. It wouldn't be Christianity today if we didn't disagree on something. <laughs> um, so we like to disagree what I like. Call secondary <laughs> issues. They um, uh-huh. they they're not blatant heresy, and they they don't they aren't the core truth that define Christianity. Right. But uh, you know, if someone tried to tell me Jesus wasn't God, I'd be like, okay, pump the brakes, kid. Like, <laughs> we have a bad day. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you have two main schools of apologetic methods. Um, you actually have three. Um, I'm going to mention all three of them. Is that okay? Yeah, I, do it. Yeah. So there's presuppositional, the classical, and the evidentialist. Those are the three main. And there are hybrids, like there's such thing as classical presuppositional, which is... Sneaky presuppositional. Super sneaky, yeah. (laughs) Um, So presuppositionalism, for the first one, um, is a school of Christian apologetics that believes the Christian faith is the only basis for rational thought. It's the only way you can make any sense of the world. Mm -hmm. It presupposes that the Bible is divine revelation and attempts to expose flaws and other world views. So they would claim that a Christian cannot consistently declare the belief in the necessary existence of God in the Bible, as you and I would both do, right? Right. And simultaneously argue on the basis of a different set of assumptions that God may not exist and biblical revelation may not be true. They're saying that in itself is inconsistent. I'll save my opinions so I get them <laughs> <laughs> So then you have classical apologetics, and that's uh, the camp I would squarely fall in, is a method of apologetics that begins by first employing various theistic arguments to establish the existence of God. Classical apologists will often utilize various forms of cosmological, teological, ontological, and only to find those, uh, arguing from cosmos, like... The origins of the universe. Like, wow, there's a universe. (laughs) Um, Teleological is design, ontological is like existence. Yeah. The ontology, the study of existence, and then the, uh, the actually the argument that we talked about, or the the moral argument, is the next one, and and that's the one that helped me right. come to where I'm at. And the moral arguments to prove that God's existence. Um, so once that existence has been established through logic and reason, rational yep. thinking, um, then they go into the authenticity of the Bible, the dependability of the Bible, uh, the truth of the Bible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, and that's uh, that's generally how they do it. Some people call them evidentialist apologists. I would argue every apologist is evidentialist yeah. because we all give evidences right. for why we believe what we believe. Yes. Um, even the presuppositionalists. Yeah. Everyone. It's all a matter of evidence. It's just which one's better mm-hmm. by what standard. 
said Greg Bonson, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the third class is evidential apologetics. And uh, crazy, they use evidences. Mostly <laughs> historical. It's a one-step approach. Evidentialists will usually utilize evidence and arguments from several areas of archaeology, fulfilled messianic prophecy, and especially from miracles. So think like William Lane Craig. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's your evidentialist. I think he's a good hybrid between evidentialist and classical. Yeah, I'd um, say if you're ever going to read a William Lane Craig book, just be prepared to yeah. <laughs> think Prepare hard. Your body. That's <laughs> not one of those that you read a chapter night before bed. <laughs> no. No, you have nightmares. <laughs> Um, so, you know, those are the three. I think they have weaknesses, yeah. all of them. And as such, I have no purity in that. <laughs> I use all three. Yeah. Um, there's good arguments for the messianic, f- f- fulfilled messianic prophecy. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, it's good evidence. Like prove me wrong. Okay, fine. They prove me wrong. <laughs> then I have to go back to archaeology and uh, manuscript tradition to, to defend scripture. Right. Okay, well, there is no God to begin with. This is all hollow blue. Great. Let's talk about ontology and theological design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Just keep going them back, yeah. back, and back. Yeah, or like, oh, this is wrong. Presupposition, you know, this, this is wrong. I don't know how Christianity could do this. You're an atheist, boy. Why do you care about morality at all? <laughs> like, yeah. So they all have their weaknesses. Presuppositionalism is kind of circular in the fact that it presupposes right. um, scripture and, and God and Christ. But I, I would believe all ultimate arguments for truth necessarily are circular. Right. I'm not going to flush into that. Um, I haven't written a, a, a thesis paper on it yet. So. <laughs> Do that before he's 35. Right. Uh, class, classical apologetics is um, – its weakness is probably the fact that you can get really far with it, but you might get stuck at the God of Aristotle. Yeah. You might not be able to get him into the Bible. You might. I've, I've convinced an atheist God exists. Done it. Yeah. And then that was it. <laughs> they were like, yeah. "Yeah, so Jesus, nah, nah, Bible, nah." Right? Yeah, and it was, it was, it's sad. Yeah. I mean, I was like, "Man, I gave him some, I gave him some book recommendations. I prayed, and and you know, I got to realize I'm not the fourth person in the Trinity here. <laughs> I can't do what the Holy Spirit does. Right? But yeah. we can sometimes be that means. Right? Um, yes, absolutely. And uh, I just, you know, you, you do what you can. Evidential apologetics um, has a weakness, and that weakness is there's just a lot of information. Yeah. And it can be viewed differently. And it is super hard to argue miracles. Yeah. Now, that being said, uh, William Lane Craig once was interviewing some atheist who said, um, you know, some dictionary on psychology is uh, 50% of all, you know, miraculous events uh, are hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Right. And William Lane Craig is like, okay, cool, cool. He's like, so what would you say if you woke up tomorrow and Jesus Christ came down into your house? And just slapped you and said you're wrong, and uh, and performed a miracle. And he'd be like, "Well, of course I'd believe it because I saw it." He's like, "Why wouldn't you just think you're hallucinating?" Mm. Yeah. <laughs> got him. Yeah, got him. <laughs> yeah. So it has its weaknesses, but uh, yeah. they all do. But I like to use them all. Yeah. Um, I think presuppositional is super effective versus atheists when they try to have some sort of moral outrage. I'm like, why? We're just protoplasmic bags of stardust. Exactly. Relax, yeah. dude. There's no <laughs> such thing as objective justice. Just live your life. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, uh, classical is super good when you run into an intellectual mm-hmm. who um, – I have a friend. Um, I'm where, he's actually coming down to West Virginia from Washington. I hope to have dinner with him. And he, he's, a, he's a deist. You know, mm-hmm. he was raised in a kind of a Christian cult. 
Um, so he had a really bad experience Ooh, with Christianity. Yeah, that, yeah. That'll, that'll mess you Not up. Not even kind yeah. of a Christian cult, definitely a Christian cult. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm hoping to get him past deism. Yeah. Um, so I, I sent him some books, um, and we'll see what happens. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's, uh, I guess, that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So when you, I like that very pertinent, I thought you say that, you know, you're not limited. No. If you're getting into apologetics for the first time, you know, and you're thinking, man, this is this is important. I do need to, as mm-hmm. a Christian, be learning this stuff. Sure. And, uh, you know, which school of apologetics do I want to fall under? Like, man. Doesn't matter. Like, learn all of them, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> like, get dabble, yeah. you know. it's uh, Get an introduction to all three. Yeah. They're useful. You yeah. know, there's a famous presuppositionalist. Cy Ten Brungate, I think his name is. He's from Canada, and I, I've seen him use the evidential method. Yeah, don't yeah, you fool no one, Cy. Like, <laughs> like I've seen him do it when he when he employs the presuppositional and then someone counters him with evidence, and he's like, "Well, that evidence is false. Here's 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 actually what it is." And I'm like, yeah. "Everyone dabbles, yeah. So don't don't be afraid to yeah. to choose a unpure school. They're all <laughs> very useful. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Now, in a technocentric culture mm-hmm. like ours. And in fact, actually, you made a comment about this recently. Um, I did the old school method of, uh, well, what we would have called back in my Intel intelligence days in the yeah. Air Force research, but most of us just call it Facebook creeping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you said somewhere recently on the interwebs that social media is yeah. like our modern day Mars Hill. And yeah. Mars Hill being, of course, the area where Paul went in the book of Acts sure. and argued with the Greeks yeah. um, about their idolatry and the fact that they uh, had an altar to yeah. unknown the God. unknown God. And he was yeah. like, here he is, boys. Yeah. And Here's the uh, Logos. Yeah. yeah. And he did that. It's a case study in, you know, not preaching a sermon, so to speak, but arguing apologetically for right. God. Yeah. So you said recently... All that to say that yeah. social media is kind of like that now. That's that's our forum yeah. for that kind of interaction. So how do you see the role of apologetics and discussion about apologetics mm-hmm. playing out in the virtual sphere, you know, right. the virtual Mars Hill versus like the face-to-face Mars sure. Hill moments? Well, without getting too like socio- sociologically deep here, um, you know, I think that you should, as a Christian, give up neither. Right. They're both yours. Mm-hmm. The whole world's yours. We're not yeah. get into that right now. That's the first Corinthians right there, right. man. <laughs> but uh, both are useful and they have their place. Uh, and I'm not necessarily opposed to street preaching if done in a loving and biblical way. Um, in fact, I would support it. But um, I'm also, uh, you know, a huge fan of personal evangelism where, right. you know, I'm at the gym the other day and I, you know, there's this guy that, don't you hate that guy that will not shut up when you're trying to lift. <laughs> He's going over there and ruin you. <laughs> right. I'm squatting 315. If you mess me up, I'm going to the hospital. Um, so, you know, anyway, this guy, this kid talks to me a lot, and he's a nice guy. Um, yeah. And he's just a stalwart atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, every every night when I'm, like, doing my cardio because I'm getting old and fat, I, I'm sitting. <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm He sits beside me. He doesn't even run. just sits there. And he just talks to me. And I'm a huge fan of, I evangelize to him. And right. I definitely, definitely defend the faith because he comes out and like, well, religion is the reason for the majority of wars on the earth. And, you know, any apologist can refute that simple claim. I'm like, no, 
Actually, yeah. about 3% of all wars were caused by religion. Yeah. Yeah, according to the Encyclopedia of Wars, written by two secular scholars. Yes. Um, <laughs> and let's not even get into, you know, yeah. like the Mussolini's and the... <laughs> Ooh, another time, Yucky. another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it's super important to note, while I do appreciate the face-to-face, social media is more powerful right now than both. Yep. So, you know, it's a modern-day Mars, Mars Hill, like you said. It's the marketplace. You can do anything you want. You can talk to anyone you want to. Anyone and everyone has a voice on generally equal feed. Obviously, yeah. you can pay for advertising, have followers, but we all start out in, in that situation equal. Right. Um, use it. It used to be that only the big players could defend the faith and people would see it. They yeah. would like you know buy the video cassettes or uh, just the audio cassettes and listen to it. Right. Um, or there'd be a televised debate or something like that before the internet and social media. But uh, Facebook has utterly decimated that standard. Yeah. Um, uh, daily, just me, a guy that doesn't try to recruit followers and like doesn't advertise, I h- reach hundreds of people with my posts. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. Maybe even thousands. Yeah. When I'm debating an atheist on a, like, say I go to a thread, a well-known thread, like they post a, a meme or something about Christianity, <laughs> and I go debate an atheist, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I just, I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to be here for the next hour. This is going to be rough. Yeah. And I sit there <laughs> and I debate him. I'm reaching thousands of people right. there. So um, anyone can do it. And, uh, you know, generally, I think it's a gift from God, yeah. like everything else in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we owe him the ability to even create something like this. Yeah. So, um, you know, really no one has an excuse anymore. Use social media. You know, I'm not saying go out there and um, as a, like, you know, a junior apologist and just be like, atheists are wrong on your Facebook status page. You're going to get lit. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'll do that. I, I have no problem doing that. Like, I yeah. think I, I I did a recent post where every like I get, I post an unpopular opinion. And one of the opinions was like, atheists that justify their belief based on science are irrational. Right. That is a statement. Yeah. And I got a lot of comments. Oh, and, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm experienced, though. And that's, that's something that you need to, as a person, an individual, work up to that. Right. But I think... The internet and social media are going to change the face on how Christianity works. Yeah. I can talk to Christians all across the country. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I can talk to my, you know, my buddy down in Charleston. Um, I can talk to a guy in California. We can you know, talk about happenings in Christendom. Uh, you know, it's just amazing. Dude. Yeah. I used to be relegated to my local church and maybe a few churches around me, but it's no more. Yeah. There's, there's no reason. Yeah. We have the internet. We have social media. You can follow William Lane Craig, uh, Ligonier Ministries. Uh, I don't know if um, Geisler, Norman Geisler, is that how you say his name? Yep. Norman Geisler has a page, but I'm sure he does. Yeah. Um, Alpha Omega Ministries. Like you, you can use social media to educate yourself. You know, you scroll through and you read something by now this about how, you know, some seaweed is you know going to change the face of the planet. It's not, but um, <laughs> and you learn something, right? You right. watch that 30 second video, and I'm like, man, I'm I just learned something. Yeah. Um, well, you can do the same thing with apologetics and theology yeah. with Facebook. Yeah. So I'd absolutely. Rec- I, that's how I see it changing. It's just you said Renaissance man at the beginning of all this, and if there was a Renaissance, it was because of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's bad that came with it. Those bad that came with the first Renaissance. Yeah. A bunch of humanists. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. but. There's a lot of good that came with it, too. Yes. And, uh, so that, yeah. that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, and I thought that was a very, very interesting point that you brought up because I think maybe one of the misconceptions that we deal with is that when people think about debate, 
mm-hmm. particularly, I think, right. on social media, on a right. platform like that. Maybe not so much face-to-face. Maybe. I don't know. Right. 100%. But especially social media. I think people see that as like, well, I'm not going to convince this atheist. Like, why am I going to bother mm-hmm. with, you know, debating him on social media? Uh, yeah. But what you brought up was you weren't the only two, if you're doing it in a public, you know, right. like on a stat or something like that, you're not the only two seeing that. Nope. There are lots of watching eyes mm-hmm. that maybe they have questions and, you know, somebody brings something up and, you know, you hop on there and you, you say something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And I hadn't thought about it like that. It edifies the body. Yeah. It really does. You know, when you defend the faith, you have, like, weaker Christians. And when I, when I say weak, I don't mean to, like, devalue. I mean, it's just younger Christians in your walk. You have them looking to you and they're like, wow, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really bolsters my faith. Yeah. I, and that's what I'm trying to make my, my whole point of this podcast is like faith is not is delineated from reason. Right. When you give them reasons, it, it bolsters the faith. You get deeper theologically. And that deepness theologically, which usually comes with apologetics, yeah. is how you get deeper in worship. Your, your ability to worship is limited by how much you know theologically. Yeah. I legitimately believe that. The, at least the ability to appreciate it. So yeah. I think it's edifying. Yeah. And I think anyone who can should yep. and start small. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, I think like what you said, too, is like it doesn't it's not one or the other. You no. know, it's like, a you know, it doesn't uh, it <laughs> it does not preclude your involvement in a local church. And it no. doesn't preclude, you know, you're talking to people, you sure. know, in the gym, even when they're you know, you're trying to squat 315. And yeah. you're thinking, man, if I get a hernia while I'm talking to you, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, oh, it's a good thing I believe in the moral argument. Right. God, <laughs> because otherwise I'd be. Woo. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's all good as someone who, again, I just, I, I highlight this cause I think it's so awesome that mm-hmm. you're, you're not a pastor and yeah. you're obviously super, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. Sure. Um, you're, you know, that is, I, that's like what the, the ministry and ministers, you know, a big reason they exist, right? Paul says we equip mm-hmm. the saints yeah. for the work of the ministry. Sure. You know, it's not, you know, my my job as a pastor is not just to do all the ministry mm-hmm. for everyone. It's it's to equip yeah. people to do it. So I just love that you're, you know, you're you're receiving that and you're living right. into that. So that being said, if someone came to you and they were like, hey, Justin, mm-hmm. I'm in the same kind of spot, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm an electrician or, you know, I'm I'm yeah. uh, you know, a contractor at the FBI or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm some I'm I'm not pastor, no Bible college, no yep. seminary, none of that stuff. Yeah. But they're thinking, yeah, like, you're right. I do mm-hmm. need to be getting into this. And, you know, I've heard my pastors talking about it. And, yeah, I'd like to get into this. As someone who has been getting into this yeah. from the non-pastoral side, mm-hmm. what would you uh, recommend starting out with? I know you mentioned some folks, but as yeah. specifically, if you were like, here are like, you know, a few books or resources I would specifically yeah. recommend. I've got, no, I've got a list here. Um, <laughs> do so, it. like, first you start. You, you just do it. Yep. You, you commit to like, I'm going to vote. I promise you to vote about three hours a day to Facebook. You're not your nominal American. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so just like cut that in half, maybe. Um, and I recommend doing it at night. Like um, when all your kids are asleep, this is what I do. But I stay up to like 4 a.m. sometimes. <laughs> that witching hour, like one to four, you have no idea how much you get done. Like, <laughs> I generally don't have to work <laughs> during the days because I get all my work done at uh, night. Yeah, I've been asleep at that point for like yeah. six or seven hours yeah. already. <laughs> um, but, you know, just do it, yep. start. Um, and I would say first things first because I, I am a, you know, I'm a high church Christian. Yep. Talk to your pastor. Yeah. 
honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you should mention to them that you want to go theologically deeper. Uh, you want to study apologetics. Um, you don't have time to go to a seminary online. Even. Right. You don't have time for it, but you want to you delve. Yeah. So get yourself in a Bible class through your church because right. that's how the body has grown is through your local church. Yeah. That's one. First and foremost, um, that's a Presbyterian in me. <laughs> um, but next, I would say use the internet to find reputable teachers, yeah. preferably that your pastor recommended. So yeah. like if I could give you some reputable teachers, um, Norman Geisler. Amazing apologist, yeah. um, an amazing researcher, just mm-hmm. really analytical and hard to read books, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> I'll get into that. I have a list of books for you guys here at the end. R.C. Sproul, um, yes. John MacArthur, Matt Chandler, uh, Jeff Durbin, James White, and Douglas Wilson. Um, awesome teachers. Yeah. They devoted their life to Christianity and mm-hmm. theology and, in some cases, apologetics. Yeah. Check them out. They're, they're great. You're going to find stuff you disagree with. And that's why I think your pastor should be involved in this walk so yeah. he can guide you accordingly. Yeah. Because there's going to be stuff that, like, I listen to James White. I'm like, I'm not a Baptist. You're wrong. But, you know, <laughs> but, like, 90% of what he says, I'm like, man, I agree with that. So yeah. I'll, your mode of baptism could be wrong. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Secondary issues, like, you know, I was yeah. saying, like, it's just it doesn't define Christianity. We should be able to find central Christian unity in those things. And yeah. I thought it was super worth mentioning in this podcast for that because— it's, it's something that plagues the church that we're not right. we're afraid to unify with anyone. So obviously I recommend YouTube and internet to start. Yep. Latch on to stronger Christians and stronger – in your church, stronger yep. Christians. Do what God told you to do and help those that yeah. need help. So that that's one. Yep. Uh, or two, I think, at that point. So here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bibliophile. I have a problem. <laughs> I Welcome have, to my world. <laughs> yeah. I have bookshelves upon bookshelves lining my office. I might have read 45% of them. You know, 10% of them are reference books, so I never will. But yeah. I reference them pretty often. But uh, I, I I need to stop. There needs to be a button on Amazon where it's like, <laughs> it's like parental lock. And my <laughs> wife actually locks it for me. Oh, your other books are saying they're like, but you haven't read us yet. Right. Like, I know, but I need these other books. <laughs> Obviously, I need that book. When I'm 40, I will read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so I, re- I would recommend a few books, and they're from people I trust. Yep. Um, and I, I, you know all these people, I think, yep. as well. Um, but talk to your pastor. Yep. Uh, I'm a nobody in reality. Uh, but these guys aren't. So here we go. <clears throat> R.C. Sproul, Everyone is a Theologian. It's a book about the introduction to theology. Yeah. And it's introduction to systematic theology. More yeah. specific. You were talking about connecting the points earlier. Yeah. That's what systematic theology is. It yeah. connects all the points. If Christianity is true as a system, everything is true in yeah. that system. And it complements each other and it doesn't contradict each other. It's one of the main reasons why I came to Christianity. When right. I understood that Christianity is systematic, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, I mean. This makes sense. I'm a systems engineer, so <laughs> I guess that makes sense. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of R.C. Sproul in this list, but it's just because. R.C. Sproul's the man. He's just done so much good stuff. And th- this is all very introductory. You're not going to get, like, secondary issues in this. Yeah. R.C. Sproul, Defending Your Faith, an Introduction to Apologetics. Note, this is also a book, lecture series, and an audiobook. So you got options, people. Yeah, I listen <laughs> to audiobooks while reading, yep. if it's possible. I think it's a worthy investment. To yep. me, buy if I buy a book, I'm buying an audiobook if I can. About half the books I have, I can. And if you're in public school like me, um, that's how you read. People yep. read to you, and you read along, and so on and so forth. And that's how I retain the information the best. Yeah. 
Francis Schaeffer, Ooh, A Christian yeah. Manifesto. Classic. Gosh, what a savage book. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just kind of explains to you how, what the implications of Christianity are. Yeah. And they are. They, they, they implicate. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> C.S. Lewis, who can, who can get it? Yeah, you can't Lewis. get away without saying mere Christianity, you, right? Yeah, that's right. Mere Christianity. Yep. Um, and screw tape letters. Yes. I think those are super important. Um, the would have a bit of advanced reading, but not not too bad. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think those are two good books. Um, and I'll go through the next three, which are all R.C. Sproul. Sorry, <laughs> but these are all just like super introduction type stuff. So oh, it's actually two more. My bad. Holiness of God, and if there is a God, why are there atheists? Fantastic book. Yeah, for anyone trying to get into apologetics. My goodness, I, I just read it uh, a month ago. I was yeah. like, huh. This is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a long list. I'm sorry. No, you're yeah. good. The more resources, the better. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. So um, the next one is James White, Scripture Alone. It's a defense of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think anyone should read that book. It, now, it, it is a little heady, but if you take your time and, and you know, read a, I'd recommend, like, reading half a chapter at a time. It's a good read. Like, you know, he gives, he, what's really cool about this book is he gives dialogues that he's had with people challenging scripture and he writes them out in conversation format for you to kind of mimic. Yeah. It's good training. Yeah. It's super good training. Mm -hmm. Um, J.I. Packer. Oh, yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. Indeed. Concise theology. It's just a, it's a, it's a daily reader. It's like a Mm -hmm. devotional. Um, You have a subject and Mm -hmm. he links the scripture to you. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Here's a good one. Curtis Lang and Peterson, The 100 Most Important Events in Christian History. It's an introduction to Christian history. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, an inch thick. Yeah. Super small, easy to read, has pictures. It's nice. Um, pictures, we love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, last but not least, Michael Horton, Core Christianity. Yeah. If, if you wanted to read something more modern as opposed to mere Christianity. Yeah. So those are my basic. Those are definitely the books I would recommend. And and look for audiobooks. Look for lecture series on YouTube yeah. from any of these men. Any yeah. of these men that I mentioned will have lecture series on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that uh, that was an awesome conversation, Justin. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you for joining us for this. You mentioned, you know, edifying the mm-hmm. church, edifying the body. I'm sure everyone who listens is going to be super edified. Okay. And hopefully you all are encouraged to realize, you know, hey, it's not just for pastors. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, you can do it. Justin's doing it. Yeah, I'm not Get smart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's debatable. But yeah, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you again, Justin, for no, joining no worries, us. Man. And uh, as always, if you have questions, shoot them to podcast at horizonschurch.net. And we'll try to take those on the podcast. Maybe you want to have Justin back sometime, ask him a question about those, uh, you know, some advanced stuff. Uh, or maybe you want to ask him about law school or something, you know? Who mm. knows? Maybe he'll come back on. We'll <laughs> see. So thank you as always for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Mm.